Um, you are listening to Hunting Pixels, the one and only official video game podcast of Culture Pop. We have quite a show for you today. Uh, we we had some things planned, uh, and you know I have uh, the world's most uh, unreliable co-hosts. Um, no, I'm, I'm joking. Austin and Dylan, please don't quit. Or quit, you know, whatever. I don't care. Um, no, I, I kid. Uh, but we, uh, yeah, we had some things planned and, uh, just, uh, didn't end up working out that way. So we have decided that it might be time to return to another special episode. And as such, I have decided that it's time to bring back someone very, very special. But before we get to that, I am, of course, your host, the one and only Bebopington man, Josh McMullen, and I am joined, as almost never, by my special guests, our very special deviant, and the world's uh, best or worst lawyer, depending on who you talk to, Mr. Jeffrey Ciarto. How are you hey, doing? how's it going? I'm good. How are you? I am... You know, I'm doing. I, I could be better, I could be worse. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, I'm alive, which is a good sign, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's always, you know, six feet up is better than six feet down, as they say. <laughs> is, that a, is that a saying that people say? Only if you're six feet taller or above. Oh, okay. I mean, fair enough, you know. Well, how how are you doing, man? It's uh, it's been a while since we've had you on the show. I think the last time was that uh, episode about MMOs. Yeah. So. No, I've been doing good. Uh, keeping busy. Uh, doing you know, doing things. Currently sending degenerate TikToks to Austin and Steven. Yeah, or, uh, that Austin sounds and right. Dylan. Huh? That sounds right. You know, so doing the Lord's work. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know. Since, since they couldn't understand why I did it individually last time, it's because I want that extra special touch for both of them. Yeah, of course. You know, if it's a group text, they might not care as much as if it's, you know, hey, they're just getting an individual little nugget of joy from me every day. Exactly. You gotta make yeah. them feel special. Yeah. Well, awesome. Uh, so, I, I messaged you, and... Uh, I thought that it would be fun to kind of play a little game of like uh, 21 questions, kind of like what we did with Dylan a couple weeks back. Uh, well, actually, it might have at this point be a couple months back. Um, but yeah, so uh, so why don't we just uh, why don't we go ahead and do that? Um, do you have a preference on who starts? No, by all means. Okay, cool. Yeah, uh, I will. I will go ahead and I'll start us off. Um, so. You've been playing games for quite some time, and I've noticed that there's kind of a, uh, well, there's, I guess, a lack of consistent spread in the uh, games that you play. Like, there's there's no one genre that dominates, there's no one, you know, game studio that dominates, there's nothing really that ties everything together. So, my question is, do you actively try to play games from as many different genres and game types as possible or is it something that you just kind of gravitate towards subconsciously i think i definitely gravitate towards it subconsciously um you you use like the one word that is the hardest word for me to ever pronounce so 
I, I realized that I said it wrong there, and that's okay. I'm going to just barrel through it. Yeah. Um, but no, um, to your question, yeah, no, I, I tend to just try a little bit of everything, and, um, you know, the things that stick with me, it, it's a, it's a crapshoot, because a lot of times it takes a game kind of coming out of left field to really, like, sink its hooks into me, and you'll think, oh, this is definitely Jeff all over it, and I'll try it and be like, eh, n- no, it's not, you know? Um, so it, it's really a hard, hard topic to, like single down like what is what is me you know mm-hmm. and, and i know that sounds like super cliche um but you know it really kind of always has been that way oh yeah no i t- i totally understand that um yeah i i think i kind of do the same thing i think it's sort of a um i i see what i might like and then i head towards that and then it's not always something that i end up liking um there are like a number of indie games that I've tried that I just, I thought that I would love them. And then, you know, I played them and I was like, oh, this is really not my cup of tea. So, yeah, I think it comes back to like, if, if you like take a look at me as a left brain, right brain, like I think I definitely fall more into like the left brain kind of category, you mm-hmm. know, of like being logical and um, planned and orderly kind of stuff, and math and science. So, like, you could say, like, okay, how does that translate to a game? Well, it's not always just the mechanics. Like, you know, like, one of my favorite games of all time of the last, we'll say, like, 10, 15 years is a game called Exapunks, which is, like, a game where you're making machine code to hack, like, virtual systems. Um, it's, a like, a Zachtronics game, if you've ever messed around with those. So, like, that's a super left-brain activity, but, like, the parts that I enjoy about it are really like the story and the creativity on how they merge that into something functional where a player can use it yeah yeah that makes that totally makes sense cool awesome awesome yeah uh all right well why don't you uh why don't you go and hit me up with a question all right so i'm gonna hit you with a hard one right out of the gate it's gonna really set the tone for everything here oh god we're talking barbecue are you a dry rub a sweet barbecue, or one of those bastard-ass vinegar-based Carolina trash guys? Oh, pff, definitely not that last one. Um, okay. Yeah, uh, so I I don't know. It, it kind of depends on what sort of mood, mood I'm in, to be honest with you. Um, most of the time, I believe more in like the sauce uh, aspect mm-hmm. as opposed to dry rubbing. Uh, but I think that that also has its place. I, I, I don't want to say, you know, hey, this isn't good when, you know, it totally has a, a, a place at the table. Um, but I, I tend to gravitate towards more the, the sweet and smoky sauces. I, I don't okay. know what it is about those in particular, but, like, that's where I usually tend to be like, okay, this is what I want with a barbecue. Okay. Hey, that's good to know because I tend to be the same way. Good. I'm, I'm yeah, glad to yeah. know I'm that, glad uh, that we're on terms because if you would have said Carolina, I was going to just yeah. hang the call up right now. No, man. <laughs> we, uh, when I worked at the, um, at the restaurant that I worked at, there was a – there were times where we would kind of like make our own stuff 
as we as we eat, kind of went along, I guess would be the best way to phrase that. Um, sure. And uh, there were times where it would hew close to that that Carolina sort of barbecue sauce thing, and I always was like, "Can we please do something else? Because this is gross." But I don't know. Some people seem to love that stuff. I, beats me as to why. Yeah. No, I, I, I never understood that. And sorry, I just had like the weirdest thing happen. A car just drove by me, its wheel fell off, and it's like just rocketing down the road right now. Oh, oh my. As three dudes are looking at it, like, how the hell did this happen? <laughs> one dude's now crying. <laughs> Your life is so full of the the strangest stuff. Well, like, I heard, like, a weird grinding sound outside, and then all of a sudden I just see a wheel just rolling down the street as fast as it can. <laughs> and three dudes get out of a Chrysler 200 that now is a really fucked up stand. Well. Okay, well, good for them. Uh, that sucks. Um, okay, let's get back to questions here. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. Uh, so my question number two, um, there is of course one genre that you do actually talk about more frequently than, than others. Uh, and, yeah. and we've talked about it, you know, on that, that special episode that we mentioned earlier and that's MMOs. Uh, what I kind of am interested to know though, is if you think that there's a genre that kind of comes in second place, like in uh, specifically with regards to how often you play them. Yeah, so uh, MMOs definitely will say are, are like number one, right? Like I have some of my fondest memories in gaming attached to them. I mean, really, like those were, you know, very pivotal points in my life. I guess you could say gaming-wise. Um, but when you get beyond there, um, if if you had to pick like a second style, I think then it becomes a little bit more fluid as far as like what I like and what I don't like, um, but I would honestly say, like, a second style for me would be kind of like, either like JRPG or like a traditional style puzzle game, and when I say traditional style puzzle game, I'm talking about something like Myst. Um, okay. Like, like when we talk in the pantheon of, like, my all-time favorite games, uh, Myst is up there, because I just have such fond memories of it, like, playing that game with my dad and, you know, figuring it out and figuring out things. Because, like, Mist when it came out, was completely wild because, like, you had to, like, take notes and you had to, like, write down in your journal to figure things out. Like, it was... Oh, yeah. It was something. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't a typical kind of experience that you saw in a lot of very popular games. You'd see them in kind of, like, MUDs and stuff like that. Um, but as far as, like big box go into electronics boutique which was GameStop before GameStop um, and, and buy something like that was kind of unique and our house being the Mac house um, you know that was also like very unique there weren't necessarily a whole lot of games specifically designed for Macs uh, especially in that time frame so for us that was always kind of like a very unique bonding experience and so, like, that's why when I talk about things that are, you know, really meaningful to me, that is 
that's that's why the puzzle game, like the traditional style puzzle game, really ranks as high as it does for me. Okay. Did you ever um did you ever play the witness? Yeah. And okay. I loved it. Yeah, that's that's one of those games that I immediately you were talking about like writing down notes and stuff like that, and I was like, Yep, okay, I remember games like this. <laughs> Yeah, so to me, The Witness is almost like this spiritual love letter to games like Myst. It, you can definitely tell it is a game that, you know, is so heavily inspired by it. And I, I love the fact that something that creative can exist in the world. Um, but, like, I also understand that, you know, the appeal of something like that to the common audience is uh, it's a hard sell. Right? Like, The Witness, if you look at how long it took them to make The Witness, you know, it, it wouldn't have been feasible had it not been for people like Sony backing it, you know? Um, so, yeah, I... that That's why I say, like, the traditional style puzzle game, like, JRPGs always will hold a special place in my heart, but, like, that genre into and of itself is so vastly different, right? Like, you can take a look at two different JRPGs, Mm-hmm. and say, like, okay, yeah, they both came from Japan, and that's kind of where the similarities stop. And oh, yeah, And that genre sure. is so timeless at this point. You know, when you have things like what you're familiar with, like Final Fantasy three in North America, if you want to call it that, all the way to Persona 5 are technically JRPGs. Well, you know, that's two vastly different games. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. And even styles or genres. Yeah. And even if you wanted to go with, like, the, you know, the technical definition of, like, JRPG being, like, an RPG developed in Japan, you could even look to, you know, the FromSoft games where yeah. you've got Dark Souls, and that is vastly different than, say, uh, Pokemon, which is also technically a JRPG. Well, even even within themselves, like, if you take a look at Dark Souls versus Sekiro versus... Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, and... You know, what is the one that's Armored Core that I couldn't think of? Mm -hmm. You know, Armored Core is... There's going to be a lot of people that are going to be big mad because they're expecting Dark Souls, but, like, that's not what those games have ever been. They are very complicated mech-based games. Yep. Yep. I remember playing them back on the PS2 and then kind of, like, then figuring out, like, later that, like, oh, my God, the people who do Dark Souls actually made this... And yeah. obviously it's a different team, I think, but still, like, the the point remains that, like, oh, this is vastly different. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it And I hope that people give Armored Core a chance. I do, too. Right? Like, I, I really do, because, like, that series, as far as mech-based games, you know, it, it's the best. I, 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 I'll say that, like, you know. No, I agree. There aren't series of mech-based games, you know, that are long running or anything like that so like you know i i just hope that it does well and you know yes i hope it rides the piggyback and the success that FromSoft has had over the recent years because it's a series that honestly really deserves a chance i 100 percent agree 100 percent. okay well why don't we move on to your second question all right so what would you say are the hallmarks are Hallmark games of your life. And by that, I'm adding like like four points, or sorry, five points. Childhood, teenage, young adult, and midlife crisis. Oh, oh my. I, I figure that's where we're landing at right now is midlife crisis. Yeah, we're, we're basically there. 
Um, let's see. So, so those would be my four points right now, or five points right now. Okay. Let's see. Uh, definitely, definitely growing up. This is going to sound so probably weird. Uh, let me look at the, the name of it. There's this one Sega Genesis game that I remember um, playing over and over. Um, let's see... It was called Bugs Bunny in Double Trouble. Um, okay. I that was one of the first games I had on Sega Genesis, and I just I played it I, religiously. I I mean I I probably if if I had my hands on a Genesis right now, I I am relatively positive that I could um, play it like blindfolded. I, I played it that much. Um, let's see. Going into oh, young yeah, adulthood. I remember this now that I'm looking at the cover art for it. Yeah, right? Um, going into young adulthood, it was probably, uh, I, I mean, I'd be, I'd be lying if I, I said that it, Metal Gear Solid didn't play a significant role in, like, my development, but, uh, the one that always comes to mind immediately when thinking about, like, games as a, as a kid was definitely Final Fantasy VIII. Um, that's, okay. that's one of those games that helped kind of shape, I, I think who I was as a, as a, as a person. Um, let's see. Going into young adulthood, kind of like in the, in the, you know, twenties, my, my twenties, uh, probably Call of Duty. I, I would say, I mean, I guess I would have to say Modern Warfare 2. Um, that's just one of those ones that uh, I I spent um, t- an insane amount of time playing. I, I just, you know, played unbelievable amounts of time. Uh, or spent unbelievable amounts of time with that game. Yeah. I think a lot of people... That, that, like, when you look at that as, like an Xbox 360 game, like, uh, that was a watershed moment, I feel like, for that console generation. Because everybody played it. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Um, and then, let's see, so that's three. Kind of heading into, like, the, the 30s area. Um, you know, this is a tough one, because I don't, I feel like I've... I've been kind of, uh, I don't know, jumping around a lot, and there's, n- there's not like a whole lot that has kind of like stuck with me, but I mean, I guess, hmm, something to come out within the last roughly five to six years. Uh, that's a tough one. I don't know that there is one necessarily that that kind of defined this period of my life. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Would you say Dead by Daylight? Maybe. Maybe like, Dead by hard, Daylight. Because it hasn't been around in that long, but I mean. Yeah, you know, I, I, given the time that you you play it, you know. Yeah, for sure. I I, I think probably. Uh, 
for my midlife crisis game, it's 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 either that or Elden Ring for sure because those are the two games. Like I've spent over a thousand hours in Dead by Daylight, and then Elden Ring I immediately like latched onto, and it was like I spent three hundred hours with it that summer, you know, um, or that spring going into summer. Um, yeah, uh, those would be the two that come out to me with regards to like my midlife crisis game. But I, going into my thirties, I'm, I'm really not sure because I bunched, I, I jumped around a lot. Maybe Madden. I, I played a lot of Madden with my friends. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know that there's one specifically that stands out during that time. Okay, uh, you know, uh, and there's. That's kind of the beauty of an answer or a question like that. Like, there's no wrong answer, but like theoretically, the hardest one to answer is your newest point in your timeline. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, I I agree with that. Let's um let's take a look at this. Okay, um, I'm still I'm still mulling this over, but we'll we'll go with uh. Question number three, uh, just to kind of shift things up a little bit. You work for a company that ha- has ties to the gaming space, uh, you know, video games in general. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think that there is a space for more companies like your own or like Netflix to enter the gaming space? Because right yeah. now it's kind of like, I, I, I want to say in the infancy, right? Like it's, it's mm-hmm. not quite there, but it's starting to kind of like burgeon. Yeah, so I absolutely think there's there is all kinds of space for that, right? Like the industry as a whole is one of those that like I, I really feel like the the phrase that you know the, it's a river a mile long and an inch deep applies to you know mm-hmm. um, when you look at gaming as a whole, especially video gaming, it's such a small blip on the timeline of humanity, but I feel like a lot of a lot of uh, companies can start getting into it. And it's interesting because Justin and I were literally just talking about this like 20 minutes ago about like Roblox because they put out their evaluation today. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, how has somebody not come in and snatched that particular game and that company up? Because the fact that that's not a $1,000 stock is kind of crazy when you really stop to look at how much money they bring in on a whole and that somehow there hasn't been somebody that has said you know what like and i mean like it'd have to be a bigger player right like a tencent or something like that but like that's the beautiful that's kind of the beautiful thing of it is you know there 10 years from now there's going to be another roblox there's going to be somebody that started off as five people you know messing around with unity in a basement and made something very interesting and very unique you know, so like it, it's a definite possibility, and it's a definite you know there there's room for more in it. Um, to put it in context, they they had a deferred revenue of three point one six billion Roblox. And, Holy uh, lord! Like when you think about that as a, as a number, right? Like I'm sure somewhere, and look how old Roblox is, right? Like that's the thing people forget. It's an old game at this point. Yeah, but how has they how have they not appeared on a blip for a Microsoft or a Sony? Like the 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 few that we kind of narrowed it down to, 
was Microsoft, Sony, Nintendo, and uh, Tencent, right? Or Epic. Mm-hmm. But, like, there, and Nintendo doesn't want to deal with microtransactions, right? Like, there's viable reasons for each of them, but, like, there's also viable reasons for a company like, um, you know, a Google or Amazon Games. You know, Amazon's taking gaming seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Not, not everything they're putting out is good, although I will say New World is maybe one of the best games uh, of my year last year. Like, it, that game is actually really good, and people dog shit all over it, but, I mean, it's actually a pretty good game. Um, so yeah, to answer your question, yes, I think there is, um, but I think it's going to have to be better defined by the companies that are, you know, looking at this market as, as a viable platform to jump into. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I understand that. I, I definitely feel that. Sorry. That was a really long winded answer there. Oh, no, no. Understandable. I get it. Um, okay, uh, let's take, uh, let's move on to your, what, your third question? Yeah. Yeah, third question. If you could erase one game from the collective history of the world, meaning that nobody remembers it, would you? Now, the caveat, you're the only one that remembers it. Oh, fuck. No! Oh, <laughs> uh, shit. Um... You'd be doing humanity a service. This is, this is... This yeah, like but the kill Hitler of video games. Yeah, but I would also be burdened with the knowledge of knowing that it existed. You'd, uh, you'd have yeah, to have big shoulders all by yourself. I I would. I and the game would be twelve minutes. I fucking hate that game. <laughs> really? I hated it so bad, man. There were so I many didn't, I didn't weird like it, up- but I wouldn't. I wouldn't go that route on it. Ugh. There were just, like, there were so many weird and obtuse puzzles that, like, I I don't even mind obtuse puzzles. Like, you, those old mm-hmm. LucasArts games from, like, the 90s, they oh, had don't get some... Me started. I, I'll talk for an hour on the dig. Uh, they, I mean, they had some of the, the most insane puzzle solutions, like, ever, right? But, like, mm-hmm. I felt like the ones that were in, in um, 12 minutes just, like... It's it's a game that's supposed to be grounded in reality, and n- there were puzzle solutions that just baffled me. And then there that whole weird thing with like the incest and just I don't I don't yeah there was a lot of cringe going on in that game that 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 is true. Yeah, I it was not for me. I know that other people loved it, but it was. It was not a game I was into at all. Yeah. I, I I guess I could... Like, the more I'm sitting here thinking about it, it's like, okay, yeah, actually, that does... That does make sense. That that game was pretty wretched. Let me see. I, I, I'm sure I could think of some other ones. Um, how about, Life of how about Black Red Tiger? Ball or 12 Minutes? Which one's, which one's under the knife? Because uh, one, I think you're it's... getting rid of a bad game. Two, you are saving a studio from a terrible mark on their history. Now, yeah, now that is a that is a fair question. Um, That's a real Sophie's choice right there. Yeah, I I think I would probably still go twelve minutes, but that's that's only because I genuinely I've been playing Redfall a little bit and. I don't think it's as bad as the reviews say it is. Like, it's not great, mind you, but, mm-hmm. like, it's closer to, like, 
a seven the way that like Deathloop was for me. Uh, I, uh, I see. For me, it's a it's a three on a good day. Like, ooh, uh, it's the the problems that I've had are wild. Are you playing on PC? No, on on Xbox Series X. Okay. I didn't want to try the PC port. I heard how bad it was, and I thought, no way. Yeah, that. So I'm I'm wondering if if I just haven't played enough of it to get to the bad stuff yet. Because um, I've only See, played. For me, it took about ten minutes. Oh, 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 man. Okay. Um, yeah, I have some like I have some notes in the outline for our next uh, regular episode. That mm-hmm. I, I are like I'm looking at it and like okay yeah this is kind of like this has definitely got some problems but I mm-hmm. I haven't noticed anything that makes me want to be like oh this is like the worst game ever made you know what I mean sure I don't know maybe I'm just trying maybe I'm just trying to find reasons to like it <laughs> yeah I feel like I feel like that's like. You holding on to the small sliver of I like horror games and you're waving your little pennant flag. Yeah, that, yeah. You know, it says horror games and in reality it's it's just bad. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I, I mean, I've yeah. still got a long way to go, I think. So, we'll see. Uh, okay. So, with that said, I'll move on to my next question. And I know that we've spoken in the past about games like Her Story, Telling Lies, you know, things of that nature. Um, yeah. bringing Netflix back up for a minute, have you played yeah. or watched Bandersnatch? And if so, do you think that these types of interactive dramas have a space or can carve out a space for video game audiences? Yes. And yes, I have played that. Um, so I love that. And here's why I say that I love that. I, I like when somebody swings for the fences and doing something like that, you have to like, um, you have to kind of swing for the fences. So, like, yes, I, I, I think I, I love those kind of games, especially when they work well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, I, um, and I just, I'm struggling for the name. I, I'm, there was a, uh, it was like an ARG game, and I just completely lost it. It's one of my favorite games ever. Um, that you played, like, via, like, AIM and fax machines, and when you bring in, like, new technologies to make something work better, um, it's just, you know, man, this gun bugged me. It's an electronic arts game. I can literally see everything about it. You and I have literally talked about it. Um, Hmm. yeah. It was, like, a subscription-based game, but, um, anyways, back to it, uh, it, it, you know, when I talk about interactive experiences in gaming, like, yes, I think those, when they're done right, are literally some of the the best experiences to, like, showcase what kind of cool stuff you can do with gaming. That, like, it really shows when you're thinking outside of the box, you know? Mm-hmm. And that... I, I will always give somebody way more credit. Like, if you're thinking outside the box and you put it out in... It winds up being a seven, you know, like, like we'll, we'll talk Redfall, right? Like if Redfall was trying something new, you know, like, I don't know, you had to kill vampires via fax machine. Mm -hmm. I'll probably give it more of a pass because they're trying something different. 
they're trying to incorporate outside forces into, you know, a, a game that doesn't necessarily need it, but when you do it, and you do it in a right way, and that's why I like something like Her Story, um, you know, that is a truly unique experience. The first time you play it, one of my favorite kind of of that kind of newer genre of those is this game called Emily is Away. Um, oh, I've heard really good things about it. That's a game that you dude, basically you play, play it in as like game, an hour, right? You, you, if you have never played it, you can do it in an hour and it is great. You, it's one of those, though, you have to be of that age. You know, you have to have been on aim to get it. Yeah. Um, you know... Yeah, um, but like, yeah, you have to like, you have to kind of be of that age, but that game is wonderful. It tells a short, very unique story that like, you could only really do in a median like that, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, and that's where I think something like a Bandersnatch shines because it, it fully encompasses that using an extra medium that people aren't necessarily thinking of. Okay, yeah, yeah, I feel that. I feel that. And I, I, I mean, I agree with you for sure. Like, I I am relatively positive that Immortality was my number three game of last year. Um, and that was doing some very interesting things. Uh, Sam Barlow in general, I like, I've loved all three of his games, and I can't wait for whatever he's got cooking next. Um, yeah, I think he's one of those ones that he... It's like the guy that did The Witness. You just kind of oh, yeah. sit back and let him do him and and on the other side of it, and just put that small little bit of trust mm-hmm. that on the other side of it is going to be something very cool. If he speaks to you, you just have to kind of put that trust in the fact that, you know, what he what he's putting out there is good. And I just thought of the game that I was thinking of, so I sent that over to you. It's called Majestic. Okay. My brain can finally relax. Majestic was this game that was put out by uh, Electronic Arts where it was played by phone, email, instant messenger, BlackBerry messages, and fax. And like you would, and it was published by like Electronic Arts. Like It had like a monthly subscription because they treated it like an MMO. Mm. Um, but like every week they were like doling out new information and it kind of played on like that paranormal AM radio mm-hmm. kind of theme, like an art bell, travel through time kind of thing. Um, or coast to coast, not travel through time. Um, but that was a good example of, like, a game that, like, really encompassed new technology in a way that, like, just wasn't seen before. And I, that's why I think I kind of fell in love with that idea of, like, let's embrace something new, something weird, and, and do something with it, you know? Um, it's it, it's kind of the shame. Like, I wish Nintendo would do this more because they have the hardware built into something like the Switch. You know, like Amiibos, right? Mm-hmm. Or like Monster Rancher, where you put in random CDs and you've got weird monsters out the other side. Um, yeah. You know, bring back Monster Hunter. We all want Swayzo back. Mm. <laughs> okay, yeah, cool. That that was directed solely at Austin. Okay, yeah. I, I assume gonna, as much. Fail the challenge because he's busy watching Monster Rancher. <laughs> uh, all right, cool. Well, let's uh, let's move on. Uh, your number four question for me. Yeah. Uh, so my number four question for you: If you could come back in time to stop yourself from doing something terrible, how would you verify that you are you, or would you just implicitly trust that you are now talking to the future you, 
Or would you say, fuck that, plow through, and do the terrible thing that future you tried to stop you from doing? Uh, probably that that first one, or that last one. Um, you're you're going to just do the terrible thing and not trust that it's future you? Yeah. I, I, I tend to believe that bad things happen for a reason, and that they're good teaching moments. So if I do something bad, like, mm-hmm. like I have... This is something that's... I, I don't know if it's come up on the podcast, but it's definitely come up in, like, the, the Discord and stuff, where, like, I used to fairly regularly use the the F slur, you know, for, for uh, homosexuals. And yeah. um, that's just because, like, I... That's what I... I, you know, at the time, everyone kind of used it, and, like, I thought it was kind of funny or whatever. And then it took me, you know, talking with people who told me that that's not, like, hey, that's not funny, and hey, that is kind of hurtful for me to kind mm-hmm. of, like, learn and to grow. And now I don't use it, you know, ever. Uh, it's just yeah. not uh, something that's in my vocabulary. And I, I tend to think that... W- when bad things happen, they're usually teaching moments that you can grow from. Um, now, if for some reason my future self were to come back and say, like, if you poop on this Thursday at this specific time, the world is going to end in exactly 30 years, maybe, okay. maybe so I would like... butterfly scenario. <laughs> uh, I don't know, like... Maybe I would have to listen to myself in that one, but like if it was something like, um, "Hey, this type of thing is going to lead you to not do this thing anymore," I, I would probably take that as a like, "Well, I should probably do this thing then." See, that's where we're different. My left brain would be trying to figure out the best way that I could figure out who I am. Mm, yeah, I mean that's totally fair. And then come to the conclusion that it's not really me, because there's the argumentative side of me that would always want to be right and be like, no, there's no way this is future me. Yeah, I, I can I can totally see that. Yeah. Hmm. But so, it's interesting, like your your whole your whole story there about like, you know, learning to not use that word. Like, I just was watching the other day Tyler the Creator talk about the same scenario. He's like, I've literally made records using that word. Yeah, you know, yeah. and dumbing stupidly defending my right to use that word as ignorant as it was. Yeah, you yeah, know? for sure. So like doubling down on it, and then tripling down, and then learning from it in the end. And it's like, okay, like that—that's why you call it a teachable moment. Like right there is the you know a prime example. Some guy that made millions using that, and then you know a couple of years later, it's like, oh yeah, that's a really shitty thing for me to say and do. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting how we how we learn and evolve as yeah. uh, you know adults and well humans in general. But cool. Uh, let's uh, let's move on. This is number five. I want to shift some gears again. Uh, I saw that you were playing Honkai Star Rail. Uh, yes. Did you also play Genshin Impact? Um. So I did, yeah. I, I played it for a bit, and then I eventually did bounce off of it. Okay. Um, but I did play it for a bit, and uh, 
I I kind of the hard part was when I bounced off of it, like especially for some reason it felt like I could just never get back in that groove with it. Mm-hmm. So I thought, you know, I'm gonna try this out and see, and I've actually been pleasantly surprised again, which is silly because you look at Genshin and Genshin is such a a well built kind of game, you know, like of course they're going to copy that model and slap a coat of sci-fi paint on it. You know, so yeah. of course it's going to feel better, but like the mechanics are good, the story's good. Like it's it's kind of amazing that they found a way to make like probably one of the best RPGs. You know, uh, when we get to the end of the year, there will be people that have that on their like game of the year list, right? A mobile mm-hmm. RPG, a- and why? Well, because it's built very well. Um, yeah, it yeah. looks good. I mean. My phone wants to melt the immediate second I start launching specials, but hey, you know. Yeah. Um, so is yeah. Uh, is there something specific about these kind of, like, big titty anime gotcha games that, that draws you to them? No, actually, none of that actually draws me to it more than just uh, good art. And again, it's the same kind of concept as before. They're doing something very different in that space. Mm-hmm. You know, like... It, Yes, it's a gotcha game, right? Like, not going to try and defend it and say, oh, it's this marvelous piece of art. No, it's a gotcha game. But it, you know what? They've done a really good job at producing it. They've done an amazing job at the technical aspects. Like, the fact that they're putting something like that out on a phone, there, there's a small bit of technical achievement there that you have to look at and just be like, okay, like, all the, the slimy mechanics aside, you actually don't have to interact with them to enjoy that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, fa- fair enough. Totally fair. I can't yeah. believe that the uh, that the Deviant doesn't play it for the for the anime titties, but, you know. Nope. <laughs> Maybe. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta stay on brand. Gotta stay on brand. Yeah. All right. Uh, what's your next question for me? Uh, let's scroll down here. Okay. All right. You ready for this one? Uh, I hope so. <laughs> You need a moment to exhale? No, I'm good. I got this. Okay. All right. If you could read Kayla's mind at will, meaning like you could just drop in, drop out, mm-hmm. but in exchange, you had to hear every single thought that passes through Austin, Dylan, and Mai's heads, would you do it? Oh, absolutely not. Really? Uh, yeah. No, absolutely not. Where's the tipping not. point? Okay, what if it's just Austin? Uh... I don't know. Probably still not. And my reasoning is is relatively simple. Kayla's not usually someone to hold back uh, telling me how she feels about something or what her thoughts on something are. Usually she's pretty good about voicing, um, you know, how she feels or or what she's thinking. So I don't ever really have the problem that a lot of people do where they're like, oh, I, I... I just wish I knew what they were thinking or, or you know, um, sure. this person's hard to read. I, so then I, let's pivot. Let's say it's your boss. Okay, okay. Um, who? God. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's still... That's still a little bit weird. I kind of don't, I kind of don't want to know what Austin's <laughs> thinking ever. Dylan, okay. maybe. With with Dylan, I would maybe be like, okay, yeah, I, I can see this, but I don't know. You and you and Austin have got some some weird things going on in your minds. 
Yeah, but you got to remember, like, for a good majority of the day, it's just all technical stuff that you're going to be uh, listening yeah. to. So, you yeah, know, you're true. learning via osmosis. Hey, you then, make, then you you make a, a solid point. Discord, and then you know it's back to the gutter. Yeah, you you definitely make a solid point. Maybe, I, I would maybe choose you over Austin. <laughs> That's a strange thing to say. Nice. Uh, there we go. I'm not last place. <laughs> Oh, man. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I dig that question. That's a good one. Um, okay. Let's move on. Um, we've talked about JRPGs on this episode, and we've definitely talked about them privately and in the past, but I don't think I've ever asked you this before. So, um, sure. do you have a favorite JRPG, and what does it have that Final Fantasy VIII doesn't? Sure. So... Uh, my favorite JRPG of all time is it's it's technically it's four games, but you know they're they're part of a series. We'll say, okay. and it's the uh, Dot Hack games. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And the reason I love them is they perfectly simulate the panic of that show, right? Being trapped in an MMO, and the thing of that, that we kind of keep coming back to the alternate technology used to forward the story of the game right like watching the dvd scenes that came with it so that you could learn what new gates to open up um you know there was websites that you would have to read to to figure out like how to move through towns there successfully like there was a lot of different technology at play to make that but it also had one of the most compelling stories that I've ever seen in, in a JRPG period, let alone a franchise, right? The the part of it that exists outside of the game, right? The animes, the manga, mm-hmm. you know, um, the zines and stuff like that. Like, it's just one of those things that, like, that franchise as a whole holds a very special place in my heart. Um, not only just for gaming, but media in general, but the games especially because they really captured the core essence of why those other forms of media matter. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't just like a cash grab, right? And and that era of, we'll say, anime games is ripe with cash grab games. You know, like all the, all the Dragon Ball games that were just one shitty knockoff after another mm-hmm. that, like, you honestly have no idea if it's actually a game or not. Or, like, all the Gundam ones. Like, everything that Bandai Namco in that era was kind of crapping out into the wilderness. A lot of it was just bad cash grabs. And then all of a sudden, here's this, like, you know, kind of not well-received franchise in America, but hugely successful franchise in Japan. And they treated it with a lot of care and a lot of respect. There was also a lot of, I remember, kind of fear that the third and fourth games weren't going to come out in America. Um, you know, and they, they ultimately did, but like, like there was a thing where it was just like, Hey, these really aren't selling great, you know? Um, and especially like in the PS2, like that era of PS2, there was a lot of bad JRPG games. Oh Um, yeah. and, And so like, you know, to just throw more out there, it was like, you know, okay, a redemption and, you know, uh, or sorry, Volume 3 and Volume 4, are they actually worth putting out? And yeah, they, they really were. And, and, like, the crazy thing now is you look at those games and they are so insanely expensive. Um, 
if, if you're wanting like an actual like a full experience and bundle and it's kind of sad that a few years ago they kind of teased like oh we're gonna bring it back and then they pulled the plug on it and it's just like really like you know the these these games like they did put them on the switch they put the gu uh series which is kind of different than the main series we'll say mm-hmm. um, yeah and by the main series i mean like the ps2 ones yeah mm-hmm. um so like you know it, it's kind of one of those things where it's like it, it was a really good experience to have those and it's nice that the gu games came back and they found an audience but like really like infection mutation outbreak and quarantine are like the ones that i honestly care the most about like because they're kind of you know telling a story that tied into a franchise that i loved heck yeah okay yeah i I definitely i remember those games relatively well um i didn't play all of them but i Mm -hmm. i definitely played a pretty good portion of them so heck yeah it's good stuff man yeah, there, there are definitely ones where it kind of feels like, you know, 10, 15 years from now, they are going to be so lost to time, I feel like. Um, you know, like, yes, there's still a rabid fan base. There's still the internet that talks about how great they were and how much they love them. But, you know, as time goes on, you know, do those games get remembered for being as cool as they were because of what they did that was so different from the mold at that time? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Awesome. Cool, cool, cool. Alright, well, uh, let's go ahead and move on. What's the next question you got for me? Alright, my next question. We're going to fast forward in time. You're 65 and it's time to retire. Does Culture Bop retire with you or do you pass the mantle down to a future generation? Uh, you know, this is actually something that I, I think I've, I've thought about before. Um, you know, should we get to a spot where we are relatively uh, successful with things? I think, um, I think that, yeah, I think that we, we do pass it along. Uh, but that's only, only if we really have someone who I think has the same passion and sort of vision as as we do um or, or at least i do uh not not to say that austin and, and dylan don't want you know don't have the same vision or whatever but more so that like i've been kind of the driving force behind everything in a lot of ways mm-hmm. um and uh i think as long as there's someone out there who's willing to kind of put themselves out there and wants to kind of um talk about the things that they're passionate about in ways that are both um uh what's the word that i'm looking for um i guess entertaining but also uh sort of um uh vulnerable i think uh because i i do think that like when I write my videos, most of the stuff I end up, I end up tying back to my own experiences in, in, in ways. Um, Mm -hmm. and I, I know for a fact we've talked on our show probably billion times at this point about how games have affected us emotionally. Um, and I like being vulnerable 
and the big reason for that being that like when I was young and I think that this is kind of a, a thing that I think a lot of people have when um, you know when I was young I was told that that's not okay that you're not supposed to be vulnerable that you're supposed to be strong and that you're supposed to you know not showcase your emotions and things of that nature and um, I don't like that and I, I want I want the world to be full of people who are sharing their experiences to to show to even even younger generations that hey this this is okay it's okay to cry at at Aerith's death in Final Fantasy 7 it's okay to be uh, overwhelmingly happy when you complete an objective in a video game it, it's okay to like movies about um, you know queer romance even though you're not queer yourself uh, yeah. and I, I think that that's a really good message and if we can get to the point where you know it is more than just us where we have you know more employees where we're making enough money to have people hired full time with editors or even other kind of like quote unquote on screen talent um, I would love to pass it down to someone and, and have them continue in the footsteps of talking about media in ways that other people will be able to latch on to. So the, the reason that I asked that specific question, and I love your answer, and I feel like now, um, so like, no shocker, I've listened to Giant Bomb for years, right? And yeah. talk about a, a media company that has gone through a lot of turmoil and change in the last year, you know, to watching Jeff Gersman sell the company, you know, to having it change hands multiple times, and now he's kind of doing his own thing, and it almost feels like we're, we're kind of like watching a man in retirement, which is weird to say because he's not that much older than me. Yeah. Um, you know, so that that's where that whole kind of concept kind of came about. It's like... You know, this is a, a an interesting concept that, you know, future generations haven't had to have because, you know, when you retired, you sold the business, the building, and everything went with it, you know, if you made a, a business. But when it's a digital business, wh what do you do, you know? Yeah, yeah. I uh, That is an interesting uh, question, honestly, because a, a lot of these people who are making these these digital contents, you know, Jeff and, and whatnot, um, they don't necessarily have... They're not necessarily ones that are, you know, publicly traded and stuff. So they don't have stock options and things of that nature. They can't exactly, you know, sell their, uh, you know, whatever. I, I'm, I'm trying to think of, you know, correct words, but can't sh sell their shares of the company and and retire off that kind of stuff anymore because it's a living breathing entity that usually doesn't have the backers of like you know uh big name companies and, th and things of that nature um yeah so that's definitely something that i had never really even thought about until until you just brought it up well, there you go. I'm glad I gave you something to existentially dread you for the yeah. next 20 years of your life. Oh, man. For real. Well, <laughs> we'll uh, I've got enough existential dread. I'll just, I'll, 
compress this and put it into the like darkest reaches of my brain. <laughs> there you go. Just like Hank Hill, just swallow it down. Yep. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's uh, let's move on. Um, yep. And I wanna I wanna kind of take a get away from the the land of video games for a minute. Um, uh, obviously, you know, you send. We talked about it on the last episode. You send all of us. Uh, things all the time, specifically Instagram Reels, and I I've talked to you personally. I know that you you do uh, YouTube stuff a lot, but um, yeah. With regards to like kind of like uh, I guess visual media, um, do you actually ever watch anything other than those? Like, do you watch broadcast television? Um, so uh, actually, normally no. Although, you know, if we were going to do a regular filmed episode tonight, I was going to actually talk about a show that I've been watching mm, yeah, uh, yeah. on Peacock, of all places. Which, I don't know if that classifies as broadcast. Technically, I, I, I probably would, not, if it's only on Peacock. Yeah, I, I would think that technically, with the way that we consider things, no. But also, it's a product of NBC Universal, so I, I yeah. would, I, in my brain, would consider that in that realm so, i don't know if we're if we're talking like actual turn on the tv watch a, a television show at its regularly scheduled time right mm-hmm. the the last show that i've watched was uh the series finale of the walking dead oh, okay so, right uh, and that's I relatively that recent season pretty much on schedule i guess i should say okay Okay. Um, but that was kind of it. Like I, I'm not, uh, I'm not the kind to watch uh, a lot of TV. I can, I'd rather consume it how I like to on my schedule. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know that that's something where like, you know, I'd rather hey, I want to show my wife this, or you know, we watch on demand stuff. You know, as far as like the various services offer. Um, but yeah, that that's just kind of how I I prefer to do things, and really have for the better part of a, a good majority of my life. I think really, you know, just that, like I think back to like as a kid, like the only kind of TV shows that I would watch with like a lot of regularity was like Simpsons, X Files, and like Monday Night Raw. Mm, yeah. You know? Um, and even moving into like adulthood, you know, then it was like King of the Hill. Or, you know, I'd watch, like, traded VHSs of, like, Beavis and Butthead and South Park and stuff like that. But, like, there I'm not watching it live either. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that. Uh, I I understand completely also. Like, I don't think I've had cable in... Oh, my God. Uh, Ten years? Yeah. So... It's amazing that there's still... a. I guess kind of around like other than internet propping it up price wise yeah um you know but like I also get it like there there are some things that you know it, you have to jump through more hoops to watch if you really enjoy it but like honestly in, in the world of on demand like I you know I mean hell I I, I watch a YouTube guy for my weather like <laughs> you know um, That's wild. I did have my own weather channel for a while that I did set up, but like that was just more of a goof to see if I can make it work because it looked like the uh, the weather channel of the nineteen nineties. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I like that. Like there, there's some software out there 
called like the TAG 4000 that you can do uh, that like basically you set up like your own like geo dense and kind of like basically you're pulling Doppler radar from your local radio or local airports and stuff like that. That's awesome, man. That's legitimately very cool. Okay. Uh, awesome. What's uh, what's your next question for me? What, what do we got? Uh, let's see. Okay. So I'm gonna. You dove out of video games. I'm diving back in. You find yourself in a real life battle royale situation. Okay. How are you getting <clears throat> that sweet, sweet chicken dinner? Oh, what, what's your strategy? I'm probably not. <laughs> Just to to be completely honest with you, I'm a very clumsy human being. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I I think my strategy would probably have to be, um, to be as sneaky as humanly possible. Um, I think I'm I'm okay at that. I'm definitely way less okay doing anything that requires any amount of physical skill uh just because i am i'm seriously very very clumsy um yeah i think i I think that's that's probably got to be it is i I have to try to be as sneaky as possible um otherwise i don't think that i'm going to i I don't think i'm going to make it out of that thing alive see i think i'd go the opposite way of normally i go into them guns blazing right i look for a sniper rifle i'm not afraid to get into a fight Whereas, like, I feel like I would I would go into it like how my wife does, you know, hide in the toilet with a machine gun or in the bathtub with a machine gun. And anybody that walks through the door, that's fine, but I'm not moving until I have to. Or at yeah. least that's how I think she originally played. She's a little different now. She's, she's way better at Fortnite than I ever will be. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> I need to play with you guys so then uh, I can have... May, uh, Mindy carry me to a uh, to a chicken dinner. Yeah, yeah. We we I I recently got back into it. We play a couple matches every night. You know, it's kind of a nice you know group activity. Um, you know, yeah. That's why I was just kind of curious. Like in real life, what are you gonna do? You know, so yeah. the world has to know. That's true. They do. Uh, and my answer is. I don't know. <laughs> Probably die. Uh, okay, let's see. My uh, my next question for you is kind of to piggyback off the uh, the last one. Do you have a favorite te- uh, like TV show or movie? Um, yes. Um, TV show. That's a hard one because there's so many that hit for so many different reasons. Um. You know, like, it's easy to say The Wire, right? I think The Wire is honestly, like, one of the best pieces of media ever made because it tells a very complete whole story. I know everybody says, oh, but season two, but season two moves the story in the end. Uh, Spoilers for those of you that haven't watched The Wire. Um, You know, there's so many ways that I could answer that question, but I kind of come back to, like, various like hallmarks of time you know Mm -hmm. so stuff like x-files was a huge thing like i remember every friday night my dad and i watching the x-files you know so like that holds special places for a different reason something like the wire um so that makes that a little bit harder for me to specifically answer especially something like a tv show 
Um, you know, movies, it, it's a little bit more like cut and dry. Like, you know, there is, uh, honestly, as far as like movies go for me, there, the, the, I know everybody's going to expect the, the answer of the Fast and the Furious because it is the world's greatest movie franchise. Um, and I genuinely love those movies. Like, unironically, they are some of the best movies ever. Um, but I also really love, you know, the Ghostbusters. Like, that's... Especially Afterlife. Like, I know it's easy for people to dunk on Afterlife and uh, the all-girls Ghostbuster, which is... I'm blanking on the name. But, like, no, those, those told good stories. Like, uh, vulnerable old man Bill Murray appeals to me in a way that, you know... I really relate to, mm-hmm. um, but you know, if if we're talking like just single shot non franchise movies, uh, the Life Aquatic, mm, yeah, it, that's it, it's a hands good one. down it, it's one of the most beautiful, touching movies I've ever seen. I I love every bit of that, and then, um, like there's that and uh, Love Actually. Love Actually is one of my, like, it's God tier movies. Yeah, Love Actually is a great movie. I I genuinely very much enjoy that movie. Um, yeah. Good stuff, yeah, for sure. i big fan of both of those. Uh, I love Wes Anderson in general, but yeah, I feel that. 100%. And another one that I really love, uh, we do a movie night every Friday night with some friends of ours. We just okay. kind of all watch movies on and uh, bullshit through Facebook Messenger, but we went back to watch it again. The other day was a, a Scanner Darkly. Oh, yeah, yeah. I like a Scanner Darkly. Is a, it's on Pluto. Is like If you've never seen it, it's kind of one of those things that you're going to have to watch two or three times to like fully get what the hell is going on in this because it's so bizarre and it's so out there. Yeah. But like it, the art style alone carries it to like a whole other level of really good movie. And it's Robert Downey Jr. before he got all Disney-fied. So it's kind of raw. Like, don't go into it saying, oh, Iron Man, because that, that's not Iron Man. Yeah, no, no. That That's, you know, the Viper Lounge. Yep. Yeah, that, man, that's a that's a good callback. I like that movie a lot. Yeah. Cool. That's another one of those that just kind of feels like it kind of got lost to time. You know? Yeah. Yeah, that was a, oh. a Richard Linklater movie, right? Yes, it was. Yeah. Actually, that reminded me of the TV show that I actually watched recently that I actually really liked is uh, The Peripheral on Amazon Prime. Oh, I've heard very good things about that. I haven't watched it's it yet, but I've heard so very good, good things. I'm going to have to put yeah. that on the list. And, I mean, movies are kind of one of those things, like, I don't think a lot of people, like, expect me to, to like, get into, but, like, I, I really do. And, you know, when something, like, touches me in, like, a really, you know good way i will gush like like honestly like if you ever want to sit down and talk about like um you know like some really weird sci-fi movies or like some really good you know sci-fi movies like that that's a wheelhouse of mine that i absolutely love talking about um yeah like it's funny we were just talking about uh chappy the other day because i've been working on this ai project and how I've essentially made Chappie because every now and then it answers questions with it's all Gucci, baby. Um, <laughs> you know, I I have essentially turned myself into uh, what's his name from Chappie? 
That's awesome. The die antwerp guy. Yeah. Uh, Ninja. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I just need one shitty Bart Simpson tattoo, and uh, I'm basically there. Hey. <laughs> oh, boy. That's awesome. Cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, you look really long-winded yeah. answers for me. Hey. It's it happens to the best Kathy of us. Tonight. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, uh, let's see. What's your what's your next question for me? So I can be as long-winded. Okay. Uh, let's see. Okay, so going back to MMOs, because, uh, you know, this this was mine. So I talked about Dot Hack Sign. I'm mm-hmm. going to assume that you're familiar with Sword Art Online. Is that true? Yes, I am. Okay, and Log Horizon. Uh, that I am not. Okay. It's, when we're done here, just go watch that. It's awesome. It's short. It's great. Go watch that. If you had to pick between Dot Hack Sign and Sword Art Online... What are you going with? Oh, boy. Um, all right, now, okay, so are we talking, like, worlds that I would actually inhabit, or, like, uh, of the two that exist, whether no, or not I would... of the two I that would... exist, which one's better? You get oh, to be okay. the decider for all anime nerds out there. Okay, dot hack. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, I, I cannot... I cannot stand Sword Art Online, man. I I know people love it. I I know they do, but I it is the most cringy shit I've ever watched. I'm you know, so sad that I watched it. When he's it. not like creeping on his sister. When it when it's in the world, I'm okay with it kind of, but even then I got to tune out like the whole power trip hero fantasy thing that that yeah. writer went through it's just it is so un- unchecked yeah yep i 100 percent agree with that yeah it's it's definitely dot hack for me um were there now i feel like i remember this being the case but maybe i'm wrong were were there multiple uh dot hack um anime yes so you okay. have the the original sign, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, that's the one that everybody kind of knows. Then there was dot uh, gu, which is a little bit edgier, okay, um, a little bit darker. It did air on um, Adult Swim, and then you also there's a third, kind of more like chibi style kind of dot hack. Um, how do I put it? And, and that's like that I think is also called dot gu. I I'm not as big a fan of, of that. It's like liminality. There we go. Legend of the Twilight was the manga, but liminality was the OVA. Oh, uh, okay. And somebody's gotcha. probably going to crucify me on that. I probably got those wrong in my head, but mm, yeah, but yeah, probably. Yeah, it'll probably be Austin, and I'll just you know send him to his room for an hour. <laughs> think about what he's done. <laughs> Um, but like I, I prefer the like kind of regular series. I'm not necessarily a huge fan of kind of the over the top kind of like chibi style art that, that that other franchise got put through. But like, you know, I, I get it. They were trying something different, but it, ultimately it just wasn't for me. Yeah, I feel that a hundred percent. Cool. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, my next question. 
Uh, given that Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 just came out and superhero fatigue seems to have truly finally set in for a lot of people, I've got to ask this question. Are you a fan of the MCU? And if so, do you have a favorite entry? So, yes. I, 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 I would say I am. Um, man, it's hard for me because the I, where it is now... I don't like as much as where it was, right? Um, for me, I really enjoy uh, Iron Man one, two, three. I think I think those are kind of like its peak. And then I do like uh, was it Spider Man Homecoming, the one that tied it all together with the or Homecoming. Uh, why, am I, why does that not sound right? The uh, the one that just came out that had uh, um, Grace in it. No way home. No Way Home, yeah. Thank you. I knew that wasn't right, and I could not get the right word. Uh, no Way Home, I really like that. I think that is so masterfully written. And, you know, that when when these movies kind of first started coming out, that was the kind of stuff I think I personally kind of was always hoping for and expecting that at someday we were going to get that kind of, like, hey, this is going to be hard to explain, you know, to somebody, but... You know, those kind of tales, because, like, when it comes to, like, comics that I like from Marvel, it's kind of harder for me because I like the strange, I like the fantastic, and kind of the, the deep galaxy stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. And I feel like that stuff, by and large, has not, like, Eternals was not handled well. Like, it, it felt like there wasn't respect paid to the work that had gone into there. Now, that being said, I will say my, my all time favorite comic book movie isn't a Marvel movie. It's Constantine. Oh, Constantine rules. That is, that is hands down the most true to the original source material as you can get comic book movie out there. I mean, it really and truly is. And Keanu Reeves killed it. And it makes me angry and sad that we have had, like, yes, there is a sequel coming, but it's been so, you know, so long at this point that, like, I worry that, I worry that people aren't going to care for the right reasons on something that is, you know, a, one of my favorite comic books of all time, period. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I absolutely adore the Hellblazer series. I know that's a weird thing to say. I adore Hellblazer. Um, but man, I... I I really do love that series. Like, when I think of comic book art, the Hellblazer series as a whole is some of, hands down, the like the most iconic comic book covers that like, you could ever ask for. Yeah. Um, are you familiar at all with, like, the actual comics of those? Uh, not really. I've always okay. wanted to, to read them, but I've just never gotten around to it. Hang on. I'm going to send you one thing just to show you why I say this. Um, this is going to be great. A visual cue for the learner or for the listeners. Um, but if you go in and into Google and you just search Hellblazer India there and go into images and you will see there is a cover, uh, is for issue number 261. It is one of the coolest pieces of art period. I mean, it's, it, it, you know, John Constantine's out in India He's having to deal with the djinns and all of the insanity that kind of comes along with that. Um, but, like, 
that that's why when I talk about that movie like capturing that character as a whole like that that that's why it's my favorite but as far as the Marvel stuff goes yeah it's definitely the um kind of that first run of Iron Man you know one two and three I think are just I think they tell a really good story and it showed again more depth from Robert Downey Jr. Yep. than what people expected out of him yeah I agree yeah yeah cool cool alright um alright this is your second to last question I know the pressure's on I gotta make this count alright you ready okay it's a subject we haven't gotten into yet okay I'm scared who topples Roman Reigns? Oh. Right? Because it wasn't Cody. Oh, like, yeah. How it no. wasn't Cody is ridiculous to me. But it wasn't Cody, so who is it? Um. So, I think... Do you want to know what I think? Yeah. I want to know I, what you think. That's why I'm asking these, these hard-hitting <laughs> questions here. I want to know who is it that finally takes down Roman Reigns. I think that it's still Cody. And, okay. my, and my reasoning is, is this. I know that they've got this weird sort of thing going on where uh, Roman is not allowed to be um, in a match with someone that he's already beaten or something like that. Like That's a, a weird rule that they've kind of stipulated. But well, I, I mean, wrestling on a whole is carny shit. So I mean, yeah, the fact I, that there's a rule like that shouldn't shock anybody at this point in time. But the fact that it does... Yeah, yeah, there is that rule. So, so that said, I think that what they're trying to do, and this this may come with some success, but I I kind of don't think that it's going to be the same amount of success that they think it's going to be. I think that they should have pulled the trigger at WrestleMania, but yeah. I think that what they're going to end up doing is have this year lead back up to Cody winning, possibly winning the Rumble again, and then having his shot against Roman at WrestleMania. And the entire time he'll be, I you know, he's in the program with Brock right now. I think that probably what what ends up happening there is he is finally able to best Brock at like say SummerSlam or something like that and then yeah. he's like okay I'm setting my sights back on the WWE title the undisputed title this is something my father never won this is what I'm doing and you know I'll move heaven and earth to get there and then they build that from the end of SummerSlam all the way up to the next Wrestlemania and then they crown him champion I think that's the route that they're taking that said, if if they truly are going with the rules where no one can can you know face Roman um, for the title that he's already beaten, um, I don't I I don't know I, I it's genuinely I don't think that there are bona fide stars as big as Roman and 
you could probably make the case for Seth Rollins. Uh, but, like, between Seth, Roman, and, and Cody, and, and, and our, definitely Brock, but I, I don't think that Brock is going to be back in the title picture anymore. I think that Brock is probably on his way out for, for retirement. Yeah, I think um, I would agree. So, yeah, I I don't know. I I I don't know that there's anyone as big as those two other guys, and they've both. If I'm not mistaken, they both already. No, that's not true. Seth technically has never lost to Roman in a world title fight, so that's no, interesting. Huh. So it could be. It could be Seth. Seth is a Triple H guy. Yep. And and he's he's very talented in the ring, and his new his new gimmick has gotten over with the fans very very well. Yes. Um. Yeah, I don't know. That's an interesting question. I do think it ends up being Cody, and I I do think that they they pull it back to a program with Roman at WrestleMania. But um, I don't yeah, know. I can't see him losing it outside of WrestleMania. Yeah, like for that, sure. That's too big to him and like that family's lineage. You know. Yeah. I 100% agree. If you had to pick, like, your dream wrestler to do it, though, mm. who are you going with? If I'm thinking about people on the roster who I would anybody. love... It could be somebody in AEW or TNA. Like, who, who are you grabbing? You know, if if it could literally be anybody, you know who I would really love to see in a match with Roman? Mm. I would love to see CM Punk in a match with Roman. I yes. I cannot stand... The way that he walks around with a chip on his shoulder, I think he's such an asshole. But there is absolutely no denying the immense talent that he has in the ring. Oh, and for sure. I would love to see the two of them go at it. I think that would be just an incredible match. See, for me, it, it, it never in a million years is it going to happen. Malachi Black. Mmm. Okay. Only because that guy has so much like pomp and theatrics, like, mm-hmm. and, and like honestly, like sells well, you know. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't want to be a, a you know professional wrestler anymore. Like he's happy doing the independent stuff and you know, you know all, all of that. But like he, I, that would be my like dream match to watch those two. Yeah, kind of at it. Yeah, he w- he was great when he was. Uh... When he had his run in NXT, I was like, this dude is going to be the next big thing. And it just, for whatever reason, never translated when he got called up to the main roster. Um, yeah, it was like, it's kind of the Bray Wyatt problem. When you have yeah. somebody that fits that kind of character role so well, there's it feels like they just don't know what to do with him. Like, it's the classic problem of The Undertaker, right? Yep. Except for The Undertaker actually made those storylines, but not at first. Yeah, for sure, you know? yeah. It took like a it took while for him years. to do that. Yeah. Hmm. But no, that, that would be mine. I was just kind of curious because, you know, like, I mean, at this point, who can beat Roman? Yeah, I mean, it's, there's not many options, I don't think. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, all right, this is the last one. This is the, the one for all the marbles. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to pivot back to, to wrestling or not wrestling, sorry, video games. Um, given your love of world of Warcraft and the recent news of the Activision Blizzard acquisition being kind of put on ice at the very least for the moment. Yeah. 
do you have any hope whatsoever of Activision Blizzard, with or without Microsoft and Xbox's help, delivering a game like World of Warcraft ever again? Delivering it? Or, you know, just just yeah. putting putting it out there again. Something that's as big and kind of like ubiquitous as World of Warcraft when it was launched in, what, 04, I think? Yeah. Um... See that that I feel like again that that's kind of a hard question because honestly the answer no matter how you slice it is no, right? But like the fan of me always wants to say yes, but mm-hmm. I I feel like that game because like when I look back at that time right like I was playing other MMOs, right? And mm-hmm. that was kind of like a weird subculture in PC gaming, right? People that played MMOs like I was deep into Anarchy Online when it came out. Uh, which is like a sci-fi MMO. And I mm-hmm. remember it like... I remember when the beta hit, like, all of a sudden there was nobody... And, and this was... I, I will never forget when the first round of beta hit. So Anarchy Online had this, like, timer where there was this dragon and it had, like, a PvP instance that you had to go through to fight two factions. Um, and then you got to a raid. And it was really tough. And you were fighting people and raid monster at the same time. And the server I was on kind of always had how do I put it at the time they had like a gentleman's agreement right one side would get it this week the next side would get it the week after and barring griefer organizations which I would know absolutely nothing about and didn't publish websites exploiting the tales of awesomeness that I was going through um, you know we everybody upheld the agreement right um, but I remember when the first wave of WoW hit that you couldn't get, and it took 50 people to do that raid. You couldn't get 50 people, period, from both sides together to do this. And this had to be, like, top-level players. Like, um, at the time, the level cap was, I believe, like, 160. And you had to get 50, 160 players together, which, you know, two weeks prior was an easy task, and both sides had sign-up lists that, like, you had to contribute so much to your side to, to be a part of. And then the week of that hit, and there was nobody. And it was like, oh, shit. Like, they actually did draw people in. That, that's kind of cool. Well, we'll try this again next week. And the next week hits, and it's the same thing. And it's like, huh, maybe we have to, you know, take a new approach to this. And honestly, it was kind of never the same. Like, so many people, so many of my friends off of Anarchy Online to go to WoW that, like, I carried a guild with me into the start of that game. You know, friends that I had been playing these kind of games with for the better part of a decade at that point. You know, because we had gone through multiple games at that point. So, Mm -hmm. to me, no, you can't reduplicate that. And the reason why is largely I have a huge vested emotional attachment to that because of the memories attached to it for me. Like, those people are still my friends now. We still talk. You know, they, they have been a part of my life and will continue to be that. And so, like, to me it's hard because none of us are ever going to have that amount of time again, mm-hmm. right, to devote to it. But also, I just can't see something capturing that magic in the same way. 
I feel that. I, I definitely feel that. That WoW was definitely a, a a time and a place for sure. And I, I think that a lot of people when when you talk about, you know, like your favorite games of all time and stuff like that, part of the, the thing about the games that you choose is because of their place and time. Like for me, Metal Gear Solid still my favorite game, but part of it is because of where I was and what I was doing at that time. And mm-hmm. and I think that like you said, I, I, I agree with you. I think it's hard to replicate that sort of that sort of magic and that sort of like um, emotional resonance. I think it's a very hard thing to do. Yeah, and I think I think WoW hit it at a different level completely because it wasn't just PC gamers that were playing it. Normal people were playing it. Celebrities were playing it. Mm-hmm. And some still are, right? Like Mila Kunis. Mm-hmm. Arguably one of the coolest celebrities out there. And she loves the shit out of WoW and still plays it. You know? And, yeah. and is still very vocal about playing it. Um, now, recently they've done a really cool thing that I think is going to draw some people back. Have you, have you, are you at all aware of what WoW Hardcore is? Uh, no. So, WoW Hardcore is a, a new mode of WoW that a lot of people are playing. There's a couple of servers out there, like, when you die, that's it for your character. There's no, there's no respawning. Oh. And so, like, right now the race is, who can hit 40 in classic WoW Hardcore? Um, that's and interesting. And you've got some of the biggest streamers in the world trying it, and it's not working out very well for them. Uh, Soda Poppin the other day lost his level 27 I think it was character and like had a complete meltdown had it in like the stream he was like tears and crying like the the just because you realize how much work it actually takes when Mm -hmm. you cannot die and cannot cheat death yeah and Mm -hmm. I I think a mode like that will really kind of actually kind of help it because that kind of hits it like the why something like a battle royale is cool, right? Like, yeah, it adds some stakes to it, or something like Tarkov. Tarkov is a perfect example of why it's cool because Tarkov is like secretly the biggest game that nobody's ever played. Yep. Um, you know, or like the DMZ mode in Warzone, you know, stuff like that where you're adding stakes to it, but like that alone isn't going to be what sells 20 million copies of WoW Classic. Um, and WoW Classic, they can only tap that for so much longer, right? Like, I don't think they'll do a WoW Classic Miss the Pandera. Because why would they? It was a terrible expansion. It didn't bring players back. And honestly, the quests were kind of boring, and it didn't really move the needle for WoW. Yeah. Hmm. You know, I, I think Lich King was probably their, their, their good exit note. Now, does that mean they won't try to do Miss the Pandera? No, they'll, they'll try it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. You know, but do they need to? Not really. But it won't move the needle on WoW. And Dragonflight's cool, but it's not moving the needle the way they need it to. Yeah. I and I think, I think Diablo will be kind of the good litmus test for that actual question. Like, Diablo 4 looks cool, and it's going to sell well. Yeah. But how long does it last? Are people playing it the way they do Diablo three? Yeah, that's a that, that's a good point. Because <clears throat> Diablo Immortal was what everybody was kind of saying, like, oh, this is what's going to tell you a lot about Diablo four. And boy, what I saw of Diablo Immortal wasn't great. 
Yep. Well, here's hoping. Yeah. Here's hoping. Yeah, like, I don't want to be the, the Debbie Downer in the room, you know, but... No, I it's it's I mean I I think it's it's it comes from, you know, you're you're passionate about it. So like and because you're passionate about it, I think you have some some insights that, you know, the the rest of us might not necessarily have. Yeah. Like I, I, objectively, yeah, I want it to succeed. But, you know, realistically, I I, I don't see I don't see a route for another MMO to hit the way that did. Yeah. Like, if there was going to be one that did it, it would be 14. And 14 kind of did it, but not to that level of success. Yeah, no, no. The success that 14 saw, you know, right before Endwalker and and directly after it. was running out of keys. Yeah, that, that was directly proportional to the success that 14 had seen at the time. Like... It's never going to reach WoW numbers. I think the concurrent player count for for uh, fourteen has never hit the same sort of peaks that that WoW has. It is yeah. undeniably successful for sure, especially considering where that game started out. But oh, yeah. it's it's nothing the same level of WoW ever ever did. Yeah, if you would have told me on launch day of that where it would wind up now, I would have laughed in your face because it was a trash fire at launch. And what mm-hmm. they did is arguably like one of the best kind of, how do I put it, like video game success stories out there. You know, that they, they, they I mean, they killed it for a while and spent more money on it than they possibly ever imagined to bring it to where it was somewhat good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting stuff, man. Interesting stuff, and your your insight on this stuff is always very, um, uh, very interesting. So cool. Um, all right. Well, uh, with that said, do you you have one last question for me? Yeah, I do. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull an audible here. I'm not gonna go with my my original Oof. last one. Oof. Okay. We're going to get to something serious here. Okay. So, my my original last question was best gaming moment ever. But, ooh, I think what everybody wants to know is you now have access to Gordon Ramsay to come and cook for you every Friday night free of charge. <laughs> okay. okay. But, he is only going to make you things that my seven-year-old son finds palatable. So your choice is Dino Nuggies, Mac and Cheese, or a cheeseburger. Okay. Or pepperoni pizza. Okay. What are you picking? What is, what is Gordo cooking for you every Friday night for the rest of your life? Um, <clears throat> now, just out of curiosity, mm-hmm. is the recipe the same every time? So, like, for instance, with the Mac and Cheese... Is it always going to be, say, like, cheddar, gruyere, and, I don't know, um, maybe, what's a, what's you know, a nutty cheese? I was expecting this this twist to it, so I'm gonna I'm actually going to go against my gut. I originally was going to tell you, no, it's the same recipe every Friday night. Okay. But I, I will allow him to change it up, because nobody should shackle Gordon Ramsay. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, okay, in that case... Uh, 
Yeah, I think uh, I, th I think it has to be mac and cheese, right? Because there's enough variety in there to to maybe not have the same thing consistently like burn you out. Kind of. Yeah, exactly. Like I feel like burgers, there are only only so many toppings and only so many like kind of like sauces that you can put on there to make it different. Um, because your your burger meat is always going to be cooked the same way every time. Um, it's true, unless you use like different meat, you know, different, oh, different that, ground, different cuts. You know? That is true. That is true. That is a that's a very good point. Hmm. I think it's still got to go mac and cheese. I that's a that just seems like the right answer to me. Seems like the correct answer. Yeah. All right. I think I think if it was me, I think I would probably go hamburger, yeah, over mac and cheese. But you know, burger is definitely my second choice for sure. Meats. Yeah, yeah, that was that's a tough one though. That's a very that's a very tough one. Have you ever watched he, any of his YouTube stuff where he's kind of like showing you how to how to make oh, things yeah. perfectly? That yes. dude's he's some of those a recipes magician. are actually amazing. I need to I need to write some of those down i've only ever watched them i've never actually made any of them myself oh no I've, I've done a few of them and then uh that other one uh joshua weissman oh i love joshua weissman yeah i love making his stuff uh he's actually uh where i kind of got the um initial mac and cheese uh recipe that i use oh nice yeah because yeah. his recipe is for it's actually pretty good yeah I've I've changed it up a, ever so slightly, but yeah, that's uh, that's where I originally originally got it. Uh, I add a little bit more pepper. It's um, I don't want to say it's like a, a cacio e pepe mac and cheese because it's not, but it is closer mm -hmm. to that than it is what you would consider a traditional mac and cheese. It's pretty damn good. Have you, you ever? Hear, you thought I was going to ask you about Limp Biscuit or some, I you know, know. some nonsense shit, and we got into fancy mac and cheese instead. <laughs> I know. Uh, have you ever? Um, have you ever tried any of the uh, the benching with Babish stuff? No, I, I've watched some of it, but I've never actually tried it. Okay, I've. I did um, try. Uh, the The only other like YouTube chef that I've tried stuff from, and I love their stuff, is uh, Trap Kitchen. Trap Kitchen. Okay, I'll have to check that out too. Cool. Awesome. Well, that was fun, yeah. man. That was that was a yeah. lot of fun. We'll have to uh, have you on a on another episode sometime, uh, sometime soon. Well, you know, I'm always available. So you know, anytime you need need to call me up to the big leagues, you know, I, I'm definitely here. Um, and you 100% won't find me at Rich McGuff's Leatherbound Books, where there's oh nothing God. better than a soft, succulent spine of a first edition Leatherbound book. Thank you, thank you for the for the sponsorship. I'm I'm glad that you got that for me. Yeah, well, you know, Creepy Carl's Heavy Petting Zoo was booked for sponsorships later this month, so you know, I talked with Rich and we got things smoothed out. <laughs> You're so ridiculous. Uh, uh, if only Austin was here. The stuff I gave him was just golden. Oh, man. I'm so glad yep. that he's not. <laughs> yep. Uh, okay. 
Well, uh, let's go ahead and get you out of here because I know that you've uh, you've got some things to do, some husbandly duties and whatnot, and uh, I need to do the same. So, yeah. Um, all right. As always, you can find us on social media for all things Culture Bob Hunting Pigs and the Culture Bob Family of Content. Culture Bop is available on Instagram at culture underscore bop and on YouTube at youtube.com slash c slash culture bop. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at the bebopman182, on Instagram at bebopman182, and on Twitch at the underscore bebopman. Dylan is available on Twitter at omdizzytv, and then on Instagram, Twitch, and YouTube, all at omdizzy. And Austin, of course, is on Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, and TikTok at all at Big Papa Place. Uh, do you have any uh, social media that you would like to shout out? You know, I actually would. Uh, I would actually like to shout out my YouTube channel, which is just uh, Jeffrey J E F F R E Y, last name S Z Y A R T O. Uh, I've got some pretty interesting projects that I've kind of actually been writing and kind of figuring out how to shoot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I, I'm. I did the uh, whole Casey Nyhart class thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And I put up 377 days worth of short videos over the last uh, year or so. And uh, I've been looking for ways to produce kind of longer form content. So, if you, yeah, if you want to check it out, I actually have some pretty uh, interesting stuff in the mix that I'm going to be using over there. Heck yeah. I've watched some of those shorts. They're pretty good. Yeah. Not gonna There's lie. A lot of deranged stuff, but you know, sometimes every now and then they get all right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, the police have arrested my method neighbors, so you know that that source oh. of content has dried up dramatically. Well, darn. That is unfortunate. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it it could be could be worse. Yeah, well, you know, hey, it could be, but, you know, it was pretty funny to have that, that source of content every now and then to where uh, one of our city council members at the age of 96 was trying to see if he could ban my wife and I from the city. <laughs> That's so, so wild. Yeah. Uh, I don't know uh, if we want to take a hardline political stance here, but get fucked, Brian Thomas. Oh, well... Luckily, none of us, uh, uh, no one that listens to this lives in that area. Well, I can't yeah, say that just definitively. Me. You got the demographics pulled up, we know. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. Okay, uh, cool. Well, the uh, the last thing is just, you know, if you like what you hear here, just uh, consider supporting us on Patreon. Got some cool stuff going on over there, and uh, it's because of the patrons like Mr. Jeffrey here, uh, that we're uh, we're able to do anything really. So yeah, uh, I'm not just a subscriber; I'm also a patient. It's true. It's very true. Uh, all right, man. I'll let you get back to it. It was fun, and uh, and we'll talk again soon. So yeah, absolutely. Anytime. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, until next time. Goodbye.